Good morning, good morning. No music this morning. It's okay. I'm gonna do it. There's music. I don't hear it. So I'm gonna go beady 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 beady. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds. For those joining us, the very first time I'm in this incredible book. It's not the first time I've read it, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, seriously, for those of you out there already on Facebook or Podbean or on my Zoom, how many of us been raised to go to university, find yourself a good job with good benefits and keep it? What a great way to live paycheck to paycheck <laughs> or maybe even poor or maybe even poor. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I know in Montreal, Equifax, which is a place that when I rent, um, when I rent my rental property, somebody, I send them their, their coordinates so they can tell me their financial statement. So what Equifax has, has as statistics is the worst credit, um, score is people like doctors, like the high, high white collar workers are the worst people to have the worst credit score. Isn't that amazing? Anyway. If you haven't already shared, I know Lise has shared, I know Melissa has shared, Marie-Pierre has been doing the sharing. If you haven't already shared the podcast, please go share. Now, Marie-Pierre, it was interesting with uh, Melanie Miller yesterday. She says, well, how do I share the podcast with Podbean? Can you just share with us how to share? Because there's other Melanie Millers out there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when you are on Podbean, you have the place where you can write a comment and just decide that you have the little flesh. <laughs> arrow, <laughs> arrow. <laughs> the little arrow. So you click on that and you can share everywhere. So you can share by messenger. You can share on your uh, Facebook group or on your Facebook, your personal Facebook. Thank you. And we want you to tell people why listen to it. And then if you have somebody that um, you, sh example, today we're going to talk about overcoming obstacles. There's five main reasons people do not achieve their highest level of financial freedom. And out of the five reasons, there's number one, fear. Number two reason he gives is people are uh, cynicism or pes they're pessimistic. Number three, they're just freaking lazy. They're brilliant, but they're freaking lazy. Anybody know people like that? Wah! Okay. Like they just are lazy. Uh, number four, many of them are financially literate, but just have bad habits, drugs, alcohol, smoking, bad diets, overweight, unhealthy, and I can go on and on. So bad habits. And number five, they're arrogant. So yes, they're financially um, literate, but unfortunately they have one or maybe all of these five habits. So these, now think, who do you know in your entourage? These people you should send by messenger. <laughs> and Marie-Pierre, how, how would I share through messenger? Would it be the same technique? Yes, it's the same place. So you can just click on messenger. There you go. So this, I, well, for me this morning, I'm sending this podcast to my brother. Because my brother out of the five has fear. Okay. And when those that were with me, on Tuesday power hour. And when uh, Sylvain showed us his bank account, I realized for someone to have a bank account at $900,000, when you still haven't built a passive income of $250,000, that's his goal, is because there's fear that $900 should be in some property that generates passive income so you can build 
your passive income to whatever you need it to fit your lifestyle. So once you're retired or you feel like slowing down in your multi-level marketing business, you still are balanced in your lifestyle. Can you imagine me living the way I'm living and all of a sudden retiring and I, I, I got to go back to doing things I haven't done in 30 years or 40 years? It wouldn't make sense. So passive income is very important. Obstacles are defined as something that slows us or even stops our progress, okay? And we all have them. Like, don't you ever think, oh, well, Maria doesn't have obstacles. On the contrary, the more successful you are, the bigger the obstacles. What Robert basically is sharing, uh, he says, Robert shares that, that what creates obstacles to wealth um, are these five elements. So Robert is going to provide from his experience, I love his examples, I'm going to be using his examples, um, why you must, we're going to cover fear today, why you must tell fear, okay, to buckle up and do it anyway. So you've got to talk to fear. As with other chapters, keep in mind that if you are not solution focused, if you are not able to stay within your circle of influence, you will never be able to overcome fear. And I really believe with the people that I know I'm talking to on my podcast, I don't think you are pessimistic. I don't think my podcast team that are listeners, I don't, like I know a lot of you personally, I don't think it's laziness, quite on the contrary. I'm dealing with people that are such hard workers. You know, uh, Marie-Pierre is here with me. These are people I know personally. Uh, Melissa's here with me. Um, Monique, I have uh, Melanie Miller, Julie Shay. Like these are really hardworking people. That's not for them. They, none of the people I hang out with have bad habits and none of them are arrogant, quite on the contrary. Uh, my my multi-level marketing company, my highest leader are the most humble people you will ever meet. But they they do they are combating fear. Uh, it, many of them, be Julie, be Melanie Miller, <laughs> be Melissa. <laughs> yeah, there, okay. I know that fear. So I said to Marie-Pierre, let's just address fear because I think for the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds, by the way, if you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, that's another group that I want you to share with your family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues. Join the Facebook group. We, we created a private platform so you can show up, Melissa, and do a live and say, this is something I, I, I was able to do today that I was never able to do before thanks to you know, the community of the Millionaire of the Diamond. I'm leveling up and finally I've done this big move. So this is this is a Facebook group for you and it's bilingual. So if you're French speaking and you see something in English, I mean, don't get out of the group. Keep scrolling. You're going to find, no, but you know how Marie-Pierre people are, you know? Like, oh my God, this is, no, no. It's French, English, it could be Italian because nowadays with the beautiful translation button, it could be anything you want it to be. It's just a Facebook group so we can level up together. Because to combat fear, let's face it, if you are surrounded by family members that are fearful, if you are surrounded by friends that are fearful, if you are surrounded by, you know, colleagues that are fearful, how the heck are you going to combat fear? You're, you're, you're drowning in fear. So this is very important. And this is why that Facebook group was created. So risk coincides with fear. You want to be a multimillionaire. You want to build financial freedom. You want to have the power to choose. You're going to have to take risks.
And most people don't take risks because fear stops them from doing that. But it, it is something that everyone has to overcome, including us. I remember when we sold our first uh, Tupperware multi-level marketing business, because it is a franchise, and we bought the second one, it was a very bad year. Economically, it was horrible and uh, nothing was working. And I remember when one of my company checks bounced back in 1996. Can you imagine the fear that, that, that hit me in my stomach at that moment? So we just turned around and we did something else and we prevailed. See, fear is supposed to push us to try something new if you know how to embrace it. And then there was that first mega construction of multi-million dollars. And don't I go to Costco with my, 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 my uh, credit card? And she tells me it's refused. And I'm going, my credit card refused. Are you kidding me? And I know for my credit card refused, there's six digits on it. You understand? So can you imagine, Marie-Pierre, the fear? that installed itself, but on the contrary, we just, I pushed my business to make more money so it would never happen to me again. So if you know how to bottle fear, fear is actually the one number one ingredient that pushes you to the next level. So I'm gonna go with Robert's uh, examples, I love them. So he says, think about it. Before we finally learned to ride a bike, how many times did we fall? Did that stop us from riding the bike? Or did it make us learn how to ride the bike better? Here's another example he says, I've never met a golfer who has never lost golf balls. And I don't care how good you are, Tiger Woods or whatever, I don't know who's the best one right now, uh, they still lose golf balls, you see? But it makes you number one in the world. Many have fallen in love and gotten the hearts broken, has that, us, has that stopped us to be with our better half today? No, on the contrary, if I am with this wonderful person today, it's because many times you got your heart broken and you know what you don't want, get it? Okay, and the last example that uh, I'd love, which fits in right exactly with today, he says, and I have never met someone who is rich who has never lost money. Let me talk to you about 2006, okay? I'm just gonna give you three examples of, of my life here. In 2006, we closed the, uh, the franchise as it's working now, where people uh, picked up products and then paid us 60 days later. When we closed down that franchise and we went into pay your orders as you order them, people owed us our, our accounts receivable were at $166,000. Did that stop us from continuing to running the business? Okay, no, you bottle it. And that's what made us embrace the new way of working. And every time we embrace these new ways of working, we grew from a million dollars a year to $5 million a year to $10 million a year to last year, $50 million of sales. Okay, so remember today, fear again. The primary difference between a rich person and a poor person is how they manage fear. So I need you to think, how are you managing the fear? The fear of losing money is real. Don't kid yourself, it's real for you and it's real for me, even if I have a lot of money. 
Everyone has it, but it's not having fear that is the problem. This is not where the problem is. It's how you handle your fear. It's how you handle losing money. It's how you handle failure that makes the difference in one's life. Again, let me repeat, the primary difference between a rich person and a poor person is how they manage fear. Now, if you haven't written it down by now, it should be written down and pasted all over your kitchen, your living room, your bedroom, okay? We all have it. For those that know me personally, Maria and Mohammed have it, okay? I need to train my mind to overcome fear. All rich people do this. We train our, we have fear all the time, but it's trained, it's tamed. It doesn't take me over. And for this, it's going to require courage. You cannot have fear in a sentence and not have courage in the same sentence. So have the courage to tell fear Buckle up, I'm going to do it anyways. Have the courage to tell fear. Buckle up, I'm going to do it anyways. When I skydived, and I call it the stomach of the plane opened, here I had my parachute on my back. I cannot express to you how I felt. And then they kicked me off the plane. But for me to get on that plane, I had to have the courage to tell fear buckle up i'm gonna jump off this plane anyways when we bunch when i bungee jumped i said buckle up i'm gonna bungee jump anyways everybody get me here this is how it's done this is how it's done so number one my recommendation number one be a fear be aware of fear when it shows up you need to talk to it you need to talk to fear and if it, some of you are uh, truly horrified by fear Maybe, hang on a second, I got to get something here. Okay, give me a second. Maybe, sure, I lost my microphone. Only me, eh, Marie-Pierre? Okay, maybe you should go shopping. There we go. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Maybe you should go shopping for a stuffed animal and you're going to write with a marker on it, fear. How about that? So every time it rises, Melissa, and you're aware of it, you're going to take it in your hands and you're going to say, oh, I love you. Let me embrace you. Let me buckle you up because I'm going to do it anyways. Figure out, number one, when you're aware of it, how will you talk to it? Number two, accept that there are things you cannot control. So you need to stay focused on what you can control. So let me talk to you about the first time my check bounced, okay? I just couldn't get the sales force to rock and roll. I mean, there was nothing that I could have done that was that I thought. So what I did was we opened up a store. Back then, it was one of the major shopping malls here, and we opened up a second one. We went up to 11 stores. We became number one in North America. See, th this is what it does, because I say, I can't control whether you, Melissa, are going to work or not, but I can control what I'm going to do. And this is what I love about Katia Shea this week when she shared with us that she personally sold 11,000. She made her director numbers by herself. You know, are you able, this is what it's supposed to do. You accept what you cannot do and you stay focused on what you can do. Number three, have affirmation. You need 10 affirmations that when fear shows up, that you quickly recite them. Or for me, it's prayer. You know, 
for me, it's very powerful prayer. I'm always the type of person saying, oh, God, this one I cannot handle. I leave it in your hands. And I even have a, like a prayer box that when it's really, really, really heavy, I, yes, exactly, Melissa. I write on a paper and I throw it in there and I say, God, I leave it. Yeah, I leave it up to you to carry this cross. Okay. So for, for the religious, I know you're understanding me. And for those that are saying, ah, you know, I'm not, you know, okay. So 10 great affirmation. Number four, practice visualization. You need to imagine that asset column. You need to imagine those passive incomes rolling in. You need to imagine that you are no longer working and you still have, you know, whatever your goal is. Okay. Number five, move, be active. It helps to diffuse fear. I always say it's very hard to have anxiety fear when you're sliding down the mountain, right? In that moment, it's just joy. So just keep moving. I like to, when I stress Marie-Pierre, I, 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 I pretend I'm talking to a large audience. Ladies and gentlemen, I cook, I clean. Like it helps me to diffuse fear. And number six, self-care. How many times did I tell Julie when I see her, her being overwhelmed? Julie, go sleep. Go sleep. Drink water. Eat better. You know, go have a kale salad. Even if you hate it, just, just feels good. Go have a kale salad, right? Okay, pray. Surround yourself with positive people, okay? So building your asset column is a game in which attitude plays a major role. It's going to take cuts. It's going to take patience. And it's going to take a great attitude. Now, remember, losers avoid failing. Losers avoid failing. And failure turns losers into winners. So Marie-Pierre is going to help us assess who we are actually. Yes, thank you, Maria. And I have to tell you, my mom heard it for the first time when we were in Cancun about the little box. And she absolutely loved, she called me, can you write this and put it in your little box? <laughs> so if you don't have one, find someone who has one that can work too. <laughs> so I really love uh, this concept. So yes, I researched a little bit about uh, this fear of losing. So this fear of losing, they call it the loss aversion bias. So the loss aversion bias is the natural tendency to suffer more from a loss than you enjoy from a proportionate gain. So in simplest terms, the pain of losing $20 bill is greater than the joy of finding one. So it's an asymmetric reaction to the downside. So they did a, a study about the financial decision and behavioral economic in groceries and the price sensitivity of individuals. So they just took one item. So it was the price of the eggs and how the demand changed. So the price of the eggs was increased of 10% and the demand in turn, drop of 7.8% due to the price increase. But in contrast, when there was a 10% decrease on the price of the eggs, the rise in demand was only to 3%. So yes, people will uh, be more affected by the loss of something than by the gain of something. So yes, when I was reading about the, all this fear of loss and everything, I remember that there's this, this new term from uh, since 2010 that is FOMO, so fear of missing out. So 
So we hear you a lot, out. <laughs> but what is it exactly? And what is your level of FOMO? <laughs> so that is exactly what we are going to do this morning. So I have seven statements about FOMO. I want you to write in the comments from one to 10, if it's you or not you. So 10, it's exactly you. And one, it's not at all. So let's start with the number one. Maria, I know you will play with me always. <laughs> Okay, so number one, you are always on your phone, checking your Facebook notification, texting a friend, even when you are at a party, supposedly having a great time. So from one to 10, one, not you, 10, exactly you. Okay, okay, <laughs> here I go again. It depends. If I don't like the party and I don't like the energy of the people, I'm a 10. If I like the party and I like the energy of the people, it's a zero. Exactly. So it's a zero because it says supposedly having a great time. Oh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Always Maria. <laughs> okay. Number two, when you are at home, you are still constantly checking your Twitter, Facebook and text message. Oh, zero. Exactly. <laughs> I have to tell you, before we start, Maria didn't know I was asking her and she said, oh, but I have FOMO, I have really FOMO, but I don't think she has FOMO in that sense. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> you have a hard time making a buying decision because something better might come along. Zero. <laughs> I buy it. I don't like it. I give it away and I try again. <laughs> if, it's right. Am if it's Amazon, I return it. And if it's a dress that it doesn't fit, give it to me. <laughs> Number four, you don't want to commit to making plans until you've heard from everyone and can pick the most exciting option. No, 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 no. I make the plan. Whoever's coming is coming. Who's not coming, bye-bye. Exactly. <laughs> Number five, you have difficulties to make a choice when you open the menu in a restaurant. You change your mind four to five times, and when the waitress asks for your order, you take something completely different. No, no, zero. <laughs> I always take the same thing because I know I'm going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, when you think uh, uh, when, uh, you think other people are having a better time, buying better things, or living happier lives based on their profile pages or tweets. I don't even look at them, for God's sake. Zero. <laughs> there, Rosa. And number seven, you feel anxious and inadequate after reading your friend's Facebook update. Oh my God. Anybody like that? Oh my God. Zero. We better all write zero. <laughs> exactly. So that is so, Maria, you were thinking that you were really formal, but not at all. <laughs> So now I'm, you have your level of FOMO. <laughs> I'm only FOMO when new stock from Tupperware comes out and I get this, <gasps> if, if Julie buys it before me. <laughs> exactly. So the fear of missing out when it's something that you don't have control over or <laughs> something that if you lose, that doesn't matter because you know that you can do better with something else. So it's just to understand that no, you don't want to be that uh, dog that you he has a, a take a, a, a piece of food in the, his mouth and you 
don't want to take it <laughs> so matter how much this dog will love you no matter how friendly this dog is or seem to be it will try and bite your hand off if you attempt to take food out of his mouth <laughs> so that is loss aversion in action so now that you understand if you have FOMO, you have uh, the example of Maria on how you can overcome this fear of missing out because if you have FOMO, you will have the same fear of uh, losing money too. So if they tell us about um, people who are making investment, uh, that yes, if you start with $10,000 that you invest in, your investment goes up to 100000 and then next year it's been cut in half you have to say yes i have a great return <laughs> and not say i lost fifty thousand dollars no because you never had that money to begin with so just remember that yes when you are investing you have to look for your return and not what you lose in in the moment that you invest oh god i love it i love it marie pierre you know i remember Okay, I, like we laugh about our losses, like every major mistakes we've done, be it in our Tupperware business or personal life, we laugh about it, you know. Uh, sometimes I'm sitting with Marie-Pierre, Sylvain, Julie, and, and we, we come up with an idea and say, we're going to do this again, which was a big fail. Like we laugh of failures because this is what makes us successful today. Or with my husband, once we... Uh, we invested back in the days $30,000 US to put the kids in um, modeling school, right? John Robert Powell, but it, it was a scam and we lost the $30,000. Till today, we laugh about it, like $30,000. Like if you back it up 20, 20 years ago, it was a shitload of money, but we laughed about it. So Mohammed, uh, do you have an extra 50,000? Maybe we, you know, and. You, you've got to turn it into big jokes. So what Robert says, I love it. He goes, think like a Texan. Win big, lose big. It's your attitude towards that loss that matters. Texans are proud when they win. And when they lose, they brag. So when we lost the $30,000 to John Robert Powers, that we laughed, we bragged about it because it didn't make a dent in our way of life. Do you understand, guys? When we... Uh, when we lost in challenges we did that cost us, excuse my expression, a shitload of money and all this money went down the toilet, we laugh about it. So I love when he says, think like a Texan. When you win, you win big. And when you lose, you brag about it because it didn't make a dent in your wallet or you behave as if it didn't make a dent in your wallet, right? In Robert's life, winning has often, often and always followed losing. Who wants to win? Those that I can see on Zoom, raise your hands. Okay, when are you gonna fail? <laughs> okay, when are you going to fail? It's gonna take 10 failures for a win. So hurry up and get excited failing. When I teach sales, I tell them you gotta get 10 no's to get a yes. He, what Robert says, he has never met a rich person who hasn't lost money but they don't let the fear of that take them over in the game. For, for losers, losing defeats them. John Rockefeller said what? He said, I always turn every disaster into an opportunity. And that's, for those that know me personally, that's exactly what we do. Winners know that failure inspires winning. So why be afraid of failure when we know it leads to greatness? 
So be ready to fail 10 times a day. I actually think create failure so I can win. Okay. Most people play not to lose. You need to be playing to win. Play, people go far, so far to play it safe to play it sensible, to have a balanced portfolio. Again, I'm visualizing my friend Sylvain Lalonde's portfolio. So balanced, so safe. But is it a winning portfolio? Is it generating? I know his goal is to generate $250,000 of passive income a year after expensive. If Sylvain was listening this morning, I would say, Sylvain, is it doing that for you? Okay. They're playing not to lose. This is a dangerous game. You need a balanced portfolio. It's good, but it's not going to help you to win big. It's not how truly wealthy people play the game. My son just lost $168,000 on the market, stock market. And I'm so proud of him because it was like water on the back of a duck. Okay. And this is what winning is about. But God, that he learned, you must be unbalanced. I teach my kids this. You know, my daughter just got a ticket. She lost 10 points out of 15. And I congratulated her. I congratulated her. I said, you nearly met my record. Not yet, but almost. Okay. I I believe in unbalance. I believe that what's important is focus, focus to win. I don't care what you guys do. I, I don't care if I have an unbalanced lifestyle. I don't care if you think I'm a balance because I'm truly focused on one thing and one thing only. It's winning and building, building that asset, asset column. Okay. It, it, it's not mathematical. It takes courage. And my goal is clear. My first goal was to get it to a hundred thousand dollar passive income, then a quarter of a million. Then it was to bring it up to a half a million dollars, then to seven digit income, like play the game to win. How is your attitude with failure? All right, guys, we love you. All of this is going to be deposited on the Facebook group, the millionaire of the diamonds. Make sure to join. Bye-bye everyone. Have a great weekend.